0: Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. René Descartes, Meditations on First Philosophy. Meditation number 4 of Truth and Error. Part 2. For the power of will consists only in this that we are able to do or not do the same thing, that is, to affirm or deny, to pursue or shun it. Or rather, in this alone, that in affirming or denying, pursuing or shunning, what is proposed to us by the understanding, we so act that we are not conscious of being determined to a particular action by any external force. 4 to the possession of freedom, it is not necessary that I be alike indifferent toward each of two contraries. But on the contrary, the more I am inclined toward the one, whether because I clearly know that in it there is the reason of truth and goodness, or because God thus internally disposes my thought, the more freely do I choose and embrace it, and assuredly divine grace and natural knowledge, very far from diminishing liberty, rather augment and fortify it. But the indifference of which I am conscious, when I am not impelled to one side rather than to another for want of a reason, is the lowest grade of liberty, and manifests defect or negation of knowledge rather than perfection of will. For if I always clearly knew what was true and good, I should never have any difficulty— in determining what judgment I ought to come to, and what choice I ought to make, and I should thus be entirely free without ever being indifferent. From all this I discover, however, that neither the power of willing, which I have received from God, is of itself the source of my errors, for it is exceedingly ample and perfect in its kind, nor even the power of understanding, For as I conceive no object, unless by means of the faculty that God bestowed upon me, all that I conceive is doubtless rightly conceived by me, and it is impossible for me to be deceived in it. Whence, then, spring my errors? They arise from this cause alone, that I do not restrain the will, which is of much wider range than the understanding. Within the same limits but extend it even to things I do not understand. And as the will is of itself indifferent to such, it readily falls into error and sin by choosing the false in room of the true, and evil instead of good. For example, when I lately considered whether ought really existed in the world, and found that because I considered this question it very manifestly followed that I myself existed. I could not but judge that what I so clearly conceived was true, nor that I was forced to this judgment by any external cause, but simply because great clearness of the understanding was succeeded by strong inclination in the will. And I believed this the more freely and spontaneously, in proportion as I was less indifferent with respect to it. But now I not only know that I exist, in so far as I am a thinking being, but there is likewise presented to my mind a certain idea of corporeal nature. Hence I am in doubt as to whether the thinking nature which is in me, or rather which I myself am, is different from that corporeal nature, or whether both are merely one and the same thing and I here suppose that I am as yet ignorant of any reason that would determine me to adopt the one belief in preference to the other. Whence it happens that it is a matter of perfect indifference to me which of the two suppositions I affirm or deny, or whether I form any judgment at all in the matter. This indifference, moreover, extends not only to things of which the understanding has no knowledge at all, but in general also to those which it does not discover with perfect clearness at the moment the will is deliberating upon them. For, however probable the conjectures may be that dispose me to form a judgment in a particular matter, the simple knowledge that these are mere conjectures and not certain and indubitable reasons— is sufficient to lead me to form one that is directly the opposite. Of this I lately had abundant experience, when I laid aside as false all that I had before held for true, on the single ground that I could in some degree doubt of it. But if I abstain from judging of a thing when I do not conceive it with sufficient clearness and distinctness, it is plain that I act rightly, and am not deceived. But if I resolve to deny or affirm, I then do not make a right use of my free will. And if I affirm what is false, it is evident that I am deceived. Moreover, even though I judge according to truth, I stumble upon it by chance, and do not therefore escape the imputation of a wrong use of my freedom, for it is a dictate of the natural light that the knowledge of the understanding ought always to precede the determination of the will." And it is this wrong use of the freedom of the will in which is found the privation that constitutes the form of error. Privation, I say, is found in the act, in so far as it proceeds from myself, but it does not exist in the faculty which I received from God, nor even in the act, in so far as it depends on Him. For I have assuredly no reason to complain that God has not given me a greater power of intelligence or more perfect natural light than he has actually bestowed, since it is of the nature of a finite understanding not to comprehend many things, and of the nature of a created understanding to be finite. On the contrary, I have every reason to render thanks to God, who owed me nothing, For having given me all the perfection I possess, and I should be far from thinking that he has unjustly deprived me of, or kept back, the other perfections which he has not bestowed upon me. I have no reason, moreover, to complain, because he has given me a will more ample than my understanding, since, as the will consists only of a single element, and that indivisible, it would appear that this faculty is of such a nature that nothing could be taken from it without destroying it. And certainly, the more extensive it is, the more cause I have to thank the goodness of Him who bestowed it upon me. And finally, I ought not also to complain that God concurs with me in forming the acts of this will, or the judgments in which I am deceived, because those acts are wholly true and good in so far as they depend on God, and the ability to form them is a higher degree of perfection in my nature than the want of it would be. With regard to privation, in which alone consists the formal reason of error and sin, this does not require the concurrence of Deity, because it is not a thing or existence, and if it be referred to God as to its cause, it ought not to be called privation but negation according to the signification of these words in the schools. For in truth, it is no imperfection in deity that he has accorded to me the power of giving or withholding my assent from certain things of which he has not put a clear and distinct knowledge in my understanding. But it is doubtless an imperfection in me that I do not use my freedom aright, and readily give my judgment on matters which I only obscurely and confusedly conceive. I perceive, nevertheless, that it was easy for deity so to have constituted me, as that I should never be implanting in my understanding a clear and distinct knowledge of all the objects respecting which I should ever have to deliberate, or, simply by so deeply engraving on my memory the resolution to judge of nothing, without previously possessing a clear and distinct conception of it, that I should never forget it. And I easily understand that, in so far as I consider myself as a single whole, without reference to any other being in the universe, I should have been much more perfect than I now am, had deity created me superior to error. But I cannot therefore deny that it is not somehow a greater perfection in the universe, that certain of its parts are not exempt from defect, as others are, than if they were all perfectly alike. And I have no right to complain because God, who placed me in the world, was not willing that I should sustain that character which, of all others, is the chief and most perfect. I have even good reason to remain satisfied on the ground that, if he has not given me the perfection of being superior to error by the first means I have pointed out above, which depends on a clear and evident knowledge of all the matters regarding which I can deliberate, he has at least left in my power the other means, which is, firmly to retain the resolution, never to judge where the truth is not clearly known to me. For although I am conscious of the weakness of not being able to keep my mind continually fixed on the same thought, I can nevertheless, by attentive and oft-repeated meditation, impress it so strongly on my memory that I shall never fail to recollect it as often as I require it, and I can acquire in this way the very habitude of not erring. And since it is in being superior to error that the highest, And chief perfection of man consists, I deem that I have not gained little by this day's meditation, in having discovered the source of error and falsity. And certainly this can be no other than what I have now explained. For as so often as I so restrain my will within the limits of my knowledge, that it forms no judgment, except regarding objects which are clearly and distinctly represented to it by the understanding, I can never be deceived. Because every clear and distinct conception is doubtless something, and as such cannot owe its origin to nothing, but must of necessity have God for its author. God, I say, who as supremely perfect cannot, without contradiction, be the cause of any error. And consequently, it is necessary to conclude that every such conception or judgment is true. Nor have I merely learned today what I must avoid to escape error, but also what I must do to arrive at the knowledge of truth. For I will assuredly reach truth if I only fix my attention sufficiently, On all the things I conceive perfectly, and separate those from others which I conceive more confusedly and obscurely, to which for the future I shall give diligent heed. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, Twill will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.